Hi, hello and welcome to another episode of Of Course China. My name is Fernando and Ziv. And today we are at a candy factory with Carl Long. We're here with Carl at Zed Candy Factory um, in Jiangmuto, Dongguan. And Carl uh, Long is from Ireland. He's been in China for 18 years, uh, all the way from you know different stations, from Harbin to down here in South China, where we are now. And uh, if you can see everything behind us, we are very excited to take some samples home. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Carl, no, for okay, having us. I see us. you. I that, see that you uh, you brought your special the, trousers today. Yes, the cargo okay. pants. Got pockets. Yeah. <laughs> GI zip. Yeah. <laughs> Mine yeah. is stretchy. Yeah, yeah. No problem. We'll search you on the way out. <laughs> right, Carl. Maybe you tell us. Uh, just give us a, a bit of introduction about the uh, this this factory. Yeah. Um, okay. Like you said, Zed um, Candy. We're based here in China, but. Um, Prior to relocating to China, the factory was uh, in Ireland, where I'm from. So it's set up in 1998 as Zed Candy. They bought um, a factory that was originally set up by an American um, gumball manufacturer called Leaf. So they had presence in Ireland since the 60s or 70s. And then in 1998, the guy who founded Zed bought their factory and started his own business, mm -hmm. um, having originally worked for the, the Leaf business. So he set up his own brand and produced in Ireland for 10 years up until about 2007 when he decided to cash in on um, the property the factory was built on and move his operation to Dongguan in China. So it's set up here in 2008. So it's, it's already 12 years in here? Yeah, in this it's factory. 12 years. Yeah. And, and are there many uh, candy factories in the area or not? Candy making what we're making. We predominantly in the past uh, make gumballs. Right, and now we're venturing into hard candy and chews in the last few years. But making a similar product, no, not in Dongguan. There are other confectionery products looking at biscuits and chocolates in the area. But uh, if you want to make fine gumballs, you need to travel to Shantou, mm, okay. which uh, you can find uh, everything. The history of candy in China, how yeah. long is it? Do you know any? I mean, uh, well, if you've ever gone to a Chinese person's home during Chinese New Year, right? You'll, Those have the white rabbit. The white rabbit chews are kind of the milk flavored uh, chews. And you have like hawthorn strips and things like this, but candy, it's, it's always a, a, I've been here 18 years, there's always been a certain degree of candy, be it like, I don't know, prawn flavored chocolate or something that's, uh, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily to our liking, but um, yeah. again. We were, we were just talking about it on the way, right? Mm -hmm. So like, the, the, yeah, they, I guess they always had candy, but I think that uh, they didn't have the variety, I mm -hmm. guess, that we had in the, in the yeah. West uh, yeah. 20, 30, 40 years ago already. Mm -hmm. they, they must have had candy, but. Yeah, there's candy, of course. Um, but even if you look at their preferences when it comes to something sweet, you look at their flavors that come out of McDonald's ice cream, you get um, green tea ice cream. Right. You're like, yeah. <laughs> like the other day we were going to go to McDonald's to have ice cream. I forgot what the flavor was. We're like, no. We, taro we, we, or something. Yeah, taro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you yeah. have a taro or green, green tea gumbo? That's in the special room. I have to show you. <laughs> green green <laughs> tea uh, ice cream. We probably, we sh we, we probably should. Ziv. We probably should. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you do you do you like your candy? Do you do you actually uh, consume candy yourself? You uh, oh, look at me. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Um, well, do you taste again using the McDonald's reference? I don't think people who work at McDonald's have Big Macs for lunch. Right. But uh, right. no, I do. Uh, I do a lot of tasting involved in the research and <laughs> development, and um, yeah, I like it. Uh, do you have a taster like like a professional taster? Huh? No, yeah. we, we, it comes from the uh, research and development. We 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 know what we wanted to start. We have. Because um, I'm available. You are okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we'd, if we'd probably, um, yeah, we'd probably somebody with less pockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, no, we do it ourselves. We know what we want. We benchmark the flavor before we get into it. And then we have a marketing team that will we'll work some surveys on, um, on, our, on our focus markets. And, and what goes into making candy? Yeah. I mean... Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> sugar. Acids. Color. Sugar, acids, yeah. Glucose. Um, colors. Obviously in our candy, gum base as well. So predominantly sugar and different variations of starch and, and, and uh, the nitty gritty things that come out with the... When Ziv introduced me uh, to, to this factory and this interview, I told mm. him like, I'm very, very interested to, to come here because yeah. my father used to run a candy factory in Colombia. And That's you it. know that com yeah, uh, company, Colombina, Colombina in Colombia. Yeah, great company. And the, candy, yeah. the moment <laughs> we parked outside, I was like, ah, oh, that yeah. smell. Yeah. Oh. So we, we could smell it here. Yeah. And, and come outside. Oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't smell it anymore. Well, it really depends what we're producing on the day. If you're making any given flavor that might be stronger, you'll notice it. But generally, the generic smell, no. Mm. Being a candy factory, you're known in the area. Like the factory is known, everybody knows there is a yeah, fa yeah, yeah. candy factory here. It's, um, it's something because um, when uh, the factory was founded in Ireland, I met a guy who uh, at, a, at an exhibition, and I said, I work for Zed. And he goes, if I ever got kidnapped in, in Ireland, I would know if I passed your factory <laughs> because the smell. If I was in the trunk of the boot, if I was in the trunk of the car, I know. So it's like that. Uh, coffee I'm 20 miles from Z. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Come get me. Well, what is Z, by the way? So Z is uh, it's it's the name we have a when the company started. Along with the company, we we invented a character and we gave the character a name called Z, and from that we had a Z candy. Okay. So on some of our branding, our, I can show you some pictures of the Z character. He's got a little. Bit more hair than me, which is not hard. Okay, <laughs> I see a lot of English. So your market is mostly export, or from China? Yeah, we we export to about fifty countries from mm -hmm. here. This is one of the reasons why we um, um, relocated the factory from Ireland to here. Obviously, you have labor, um, cost of labor, and then we have international sugar prices. But another one is access to the world markets. Mm -hmm. So yeah, ninety-five percent of our business is export. We want to increase our domestic sales, but for now. The biggest export markets would be the, predominantly the UK, um, Germany, France, we do a lot. Um, and we see growth markets as the Middle East, especially Saudi, where 30% of people have diabetes, so we'll hone in on them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we see Russia is growing quite big in, in, um, in the last couple of years, and uh, yeah, Latin America as well. Are there, are there localizations that you need to do? Are there like specific... Like, specific well, in packaging. Yeah, we have language groups and flavors. Everything their requirements for the imports on um, nutritional information that needs to be in certain languages. And, but uh, the candy itself is just the, the same. candy. Other than flavors, flavors oh, we do have uh, colors. Certain uh, European countries will not allow colors that American will allow. So E one three three E one seven one. Okay. So these colors that are um, titanium that are, we'll say. They may be um, derived from insects or derived from, um, they might be carcinogenic, considered okay. carcinogenic, oh, okay. or okay. they'll, um, you have kids, you'll know they they increase their activity, so kids with ADHD. Ah, okay, I see. So some countries have rules like America. No, America don't. America don't, <laughs> yeah. ah, okay, so America. Um, so for example, France. Okay, yeah. France have more yeah. Euro Europe. Yeah, have, exactly. Yeah. But and I can see European, other European countries catching on. And you think any country in particular consume more candy than other countries, or like we spoke a little bit about it before, right? Mm. Like candy it sells itself, and so it's you say it's recession uh, resistant. Recession oh, resistant, yeah. yeah. Right, recession resistant. Yeah. Right, because it's it's sugar. Yeah, well, different countries are at different stages of 
like becoming more healthy, right? Right. So right. we see the trend dropping in predominantly where candy was number one in mm. North America, in the UK, mm. and in Europe. But now they're becoming more health conscious. So now we're looking at vegan options, vegetarian options, where we don't use gelatin, we don't use um, uh, artificial colors, artificial flavors, and that. So we're moving towards that trend. But again, there are countries where we can still um, sell. Can you make a no-carb uh, uh, gumball? Carbs. The way it's a sugar, no sugar gumball? Yeah, the, sugar, the sugar-free gum, the sugar-free, but wow. it's, okay. it's going to... Is that a gimmick? Sorry. It's, it's mm. like... It's, yeah, it's like you say you have diabetes, you have diabetes, and you want, do you still want to chew gum? And you mean, is it a gimmick in how, how um, true... You replace sugar by something else yeah, that's you, you equally... you replace sugar by fake sugar. It's the same as drinking Diet Coke and thinking you're so going to lose like, weight. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not. Like, somebody <laughs> like goes in, and I have a Big Mac meal, chicken nuggets in the diet. There might, <laughs> yeah. might be other problems. There might be other problems. Guilty, guilty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but again, it's going to cost you more as, a, as the end user. If we're using, uh, if it's sugar-free, it's going to cost you more because sugar right. is going to be the cheaper option. Right. Uh, but you were talking about how, how sugar is out there with um, the, the level of addiction of sugar <laughs> is quite high. Um, yeah. Is that uh, something that becomes a challenge when you're entering a new market or, or is that a challenge nowadays? No, I think um, people are consuming sugar in, in their everyday diet. I don't, it's very hard to meet somebody who's not. So the, the inclination to consume sugar is, is always there, but it depends on how they intake it. So our product is mo mainly children's confectionery. So a lot of it will be parental purchases. Mm. So we need to look at our age group of target markets should be really kids with their own uh, pocket money. So between mm -hmm. the ages of seven to 15 years old, because if you look at snot shots, right? If you're a parent, this is snot shots. <laughs> so this is something that sells really well in the UK and Russia. What is this? <laughs> it's a gum powder. So it's a nice product. We, um, we break it down, we grind the, the gumball and we coat it and we yes. add acid. Yeah, yeah, it's just a gimmick. But mm. it's not something that you're going to buy your kids. So, but it's something that will sell really well in convenience stores in the traditional trade. So older kids? Between seven and 15. People who have uh, their own money, right? Right, right. Uh, not people, kids who yeah. get pocket money. Yeah, wow. So when when people when people um, were thinking about making McDonald's responsible for the obesity problem in the United States, mm. there were some legal legal targets there. Um, do you see any of that attention going towards the candy industry? Yeah, the sugar taxes. Sugar, sugar taxes. Ta yeah. How does um, that work? The, the, it depends on the country. They'll impose uh, imported sugar taxes, so they'll they'll increase your import duties on if you're if I want to export to certain countries so for example Brazil they've got massive uh, import uh, sugar duties because for one they want to protect their own sugar yeah. and their own uh, domestic production and then they'll anything that's imported they'll, they'll yeah. 100% the, ba the wow. battle the battle and I think the lobbying and and the money really is not with the candy factories right mm -hmm. it's more with the sugar yeah. companies well I guess it's more in that level yeah well I think it's However, it ends up on the, the, your table. However, however, it ends up in your kids' hands, right? So, if you look at Chile, for example, um, they will not allow any advertisement um, directed towards kids. So, if we wanted to have um, like this, this would not be allowed because this character is seen as attracted mm. to children. So, they use color coding, um, uh. and that's really hurting our business in Chile because our graphic design is kind of one of our key USPs. Right. So, it's something that they're. Um, putting a hold on. Uh, 
just yeah, to like avoid um, what they did with cigarettes. So they mm, were attacking right, right. Uh, camel cigarettes with the camel character, and no, yeah. no more logos in some countries. And yeah, and if you go to Thailand, you see all the, the people with the blood picture. disease. And you think in the future there will be picture of uh, very big people? Yeah, if you want to be like me. Be but like I mean, Tommy. this is not like the worst. <laughs> obviously, it's far no. from being like those candies that I mean, gamble after all, right? Yeah. It's like. Uh, mm. I Are there any uh, China-specific challenges to making candy? China-specific are flavors, really. Um, the flavors are if really specific and, and very influenced by KOLs. Mm. So mm. if we wanted to get our products popular in China, there's so many. If you go to any of the sto stores now, there's so many variety. So we really need to be endorsed by... Mm -hmm. We need to get a lucky break. So that's why you can see a lot of the candy in China is licensed. So it'll attract the um, the attention of kids. So we do a lot of OEMs here in China. Like for the Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, okay. uh, My Little Pony, anything new that is um, that's coming out. So that that really draws the attraction. So you haven't you haven't tried yet. You're doing license. For we do license. OEM, yeah. right? We don't have our own Z brand in China. We tried a few years ago in the CVS, like the um, the Seven Elevens and mm. the Meijia, which is kind of an expensive channel to get into and you really have to put a lot of advertising and promotion into a, a big budget because if you don't yeah if you're not successful you're gonna you, get make the, a, you get delisted you're gonna make the character z the kol or exactly, something exactly right? yeah and, and that's millions and millions yeah okay. exactly yes right but it's something that you try are you going to try again you think yeah uh, sure where we i was in market is too much to i was in ignore. shanghai last week and i had a few distribution meetings so it's really about getting the product mix right the um the flavors and the packaging model it's all about what the product looks like on the shelves, right? It needs to jump off and sell itself. So, um, and there is a, is there is there a difference of in making like a candy factory in here and a candy factory in Ireland is essentially the same thing inside. The processes are the same. Okay. Um, the difficulties, the challenges we have compared with Ireland and China, especially Dongguan, is uh, temperature and humidity control. Because right. ideally, inside the factory, you have certain strict humidity and temperature requirements that are a lot lower than the temperature and humidity that are outside. So for example, today is 30 plus. A lot of our mm -hmm. rooms and storage areas need to be below 20. Mm -hmm. So it's- At all times. All times, all yeah, times. 24 hours. You right, can't, uh, right. you can't um, mm -hmm. considering the finishing we have on a product, we have acid finishes, we have a lot of sour in there. So they're very sensitive to humidity. Right. So also the, the, the color coating and anything starts Exactly, yeah. You don't want anything mixed on some of our gumball or jawbreakers, we'd have 20 different colors inside. Ooh. So, so it's ju just use mm -hmm. of air conditioning. I mean, it doesn't mean that like hot, hot countries don't really produce candy or less? Yeah, well, it's, it's a commitment. Like if you go to um, a factory making gumballs in Africa, you'll see they use fans. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's- There is some quality issues. Maybe, yeah, it, right? it all affects the quality. So right. if I go to Canton Fair um, and I can see competing gumball factories and you pick up their gumball and the shell falls off, the color is running, there's spots, you can tell that it's not mm, the required conditions that it's being produced in. How about the cost of making uh, gumballs or candy? I mean, mm. also difference, I guess. I mean, labor is one thing, of course. Labor is one China, thing that's growing. Yeah. Material, the uh, the raw material. Raw materials is the sugar, right? Is um, is is something that's the most expensive part, and then you have the other mixes, and then you have the finish, the colors, depending on. There's multiple flavor uh, providers, suppliers. There's multiple color 
uh, suppliers. It just depends on the quality you want to offer your final end user. So how about I, the know-how? Like the, uh, yeah, the, that's the, the quality essential. of people. Yeah, the quality of people is essential. It's essentially a science. It's food science. It's right. um, we, our R and D team. I'm very proud of. They do a great job. Um, we also use um, consultants from abroad. Um, we use um, technology that the f factory has used for many years. So it's something we like to keep private and. Right. Um, to, um, to is really there confidentiality in that industry? Yeah. Oh, of course. Industry? Yeah, like there's industry yeah, secrets. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, like uh, when I was telling you that my father designed mm. uh, or came up with mm. uh, some of the formulation for the, the gum with, mm. with the, the lollipop with gum, mm. basically that choice of particular flavor or whatever mm. uh, made the company billions. Mm. But how I'm talking billions. Is there like, uh, what is it? Trademark, copyrights. I mean, how do they? Is there like, uh, like the the jawbreaker, right? You mm. say jawbreaker mm. is yours. In, in Europe, Europe, we have the uh, we have the trademark for jawbreaker. But that's just for the name. Yeah. The but someone else can produce the same thing. You can you can produce. Uh, just not call it like that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you could you could. Some people call it gobstoppers or All right. or different hard candy, hard gum. I mean, it's is it is, that's what I mean. Is not hard to reverse engineer uh, uh, this kind of uh, candy, right? Mm. The I mean, with the right scientists. Yeah. Uh, that's why they have, have R&D departments, mm. right? Because it's, it's, a, it's finding the right balance around mixture, the right amount of this, the right amount of that, the right amount of the, the right temperature, yeah, yeah, the right yeah. time. Yeah. 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 It's someone that knows what he's doing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And then you need to protect it um, once, you, once it's done. That's one of the issues in China. We have an idea, we launch a product, and then you'll see it at Canton Fair, and that's not right. Right, so you, you've seen that, right? Yeah, I mean, sure, I mean sure. Chinese are good in copying yeah, stuff, yeah. right? And the uh, products are... Yeah, they're out yeah. there for the market to see. So once you develop a product and launch it, then the quality may not be the same, but the concept is similar. Right. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about sugar. Uh, during preparation, you were talking about there's there's different kinds of sugar that you can mm. source. Um, mm. Where do you source your sugar from and what are the differences? And Yeah, um, there's obviously confectionery sugar that needs to be refined and grinded. So... Um, we, um, for, like I mentioned earlier, international sugar prices, there's many countries in the area that provide um, imported sugar into China because to achieve the prices you need to, uh, to compete in the market, we import the sugar and then we have to export it. Um, mm -hmm. So there's many countries who provide, there's Thai sugar, there's um, Korean sugar, and there's also from Oceania. So you cannot, well. you cannot export uh, uh, your candy that's made with, with Chinese, Chinese sugar? sugar. No. And the opposite as well. You yeah. cannot sell here. You cannot candy. import sugar and then sell the candy here. And is it similar in other countries? This kind of rules, you think? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah. generally to to like achieve protect, to, to achieve um, international sugar prices. Yeah, right. so sugar right. is basically a commodity that mm. you probably know. Um, but obviously in Colombia, you probably have your own sugar right on your doorstep. <laughs> yes, yes, basically where I'm from, mm. it's the area where mm. sugar, sugar is, is grown. Sugar yeah, cane, yeah. Yeah. As I know, Colombia, there. Sugar confectionery consumption is very high, and it's especially extreme, with, yeah. a, with a with a tendency to like sour. Yeah. So we um, we talked to our distributor in Colombia, and they're all about the sour. <laughs> they can't get enough. How do you make the sour? Acid. Acid. Mm. Ah, so you add mm. to acids, yeah. Sugar. Mm. Ah. Yeah, it's it's basically candy is is uh, packaging. Mm. It's a huge part of of, yeah. of candy. Mm. Yeah. You might have the same candy, but it's, it's right. how mm. attractive right. it is, mm. um, and uh, yeah, the right balance of candy sour. How, how much sugar you think you 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 use here in the factory in a year or in a month or whatever? Where, where, like it's 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 a big how much number, you right? Yeah, yeah, it's a few thousand tons, tons a few thousand tons. Like uh, yeah. we'll 
we'll go through. Do you have trucks keep coming in with sugar? Yeah, we, 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 the guys, when they see the sugar arriving in one ton bags or 25 kilo bags, they're going, oh no, <laughs> because it's a lot of manual uh, labor, but obviously the distributor will help us unload. But yeah, we go over to a few thousand tons. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What is the output of your, or your factory here? Output, if, if we get um, close to, we're, we're looking at building on it, but generally about 6,000 ton a year of candy. Mm-hmm. And if you break that down, roughly about 20 ton a day. And then that equivalent, that's about 4 million piece gumballs a day. We can do. 4 million gumballs a day. Uh, like, wow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how, how big are your pockets, Dave? <laughs> not big You're enough. You're not going to make a dent on their production. Yeah. yeah. Wow. True. What, 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 is the, what, uh, what other kind of challenges you, you may have here, you know, doing this in China, right? Uh, mm. um, a candy factory in China. Or probably some of the challenges are similar to other factories that... Yeah, other products, I guess. But I think it's just in our, our this industry is all about innovation, staying ahead of the game, right? Because the kids, you know, their attention spans, they're looking at five screens at one time, so they right. they need something new, they need something to attract their attention. So innovation is all is a challenge. But Wh- where's the R and D, by the way, for that kind of thing? We have um, here, uh, the setup of Z Candy is. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we we're originally an Irish company that moved here, but in 2017 we got um, the involvement of an equity investment company from Holland. So now our HQ is actually in in the Netherlands. Okay. So we have our CEO based there, our marketing manager based there, and uh, we have a sales guy in Sao Paulo in Brazil. We have one in Dubai, and we have one in Singapore, and also obviously in Holland. So where do they come up with that, like the name, and then okay, make this? Who tells you to make? Yeah, it's it's all marketing, right? It's a, so it's, there, it's a it's combination of marketing and and no, it could be anyone. It could be an any anyone can give the initiative so if i have an idea you run it through a, a system and then you do feasibility checks you do flavor checks and then if it passes it passes and then you have to put it in front of customers to gauge their reaction do your research and focus groups it's so not something you just boom right it so takes it's a, it takes it's a, a step by step focus um, groups where uh, back there wherever the wherever you or think wherever. the the potential if it's a, if it's a worldwide product then mm. you do various and then you look at your target audience and and you put it in front of them and really, um, the packaging design is key. So there is a lot of money that goes into R&D. Oh, obviously, yeah. the, the, the actual candy, the trials are, are done here, obviously. And right. then the behind the scenes, what we need is done within marketing. Mm. Wow. And in, in terms of uh, competitors, I mean, mm. large uh, international competitors, yeah, are yeah. there other factories, other candy companies making candy in China? Did you there know? are um, competing directly with us. Shanto, you can see more and more pop up. If you go again to the Canton Fair, you'll see Shanto, 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 Chaozhou, Sumin, Liangang in, in the north, and then more and more in Xiamen as well on the coast. So um, Why there? Why Shanto? Shanto, I think it's just, it's just a hub of everything. I think they, they like to be close to where other people are doing the same thing so they can... It's a Chinese thing when yeah, they kind of yeah. like cluster things. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you go to a Chinese city, oh, that's um, sports clothes shop street. Yeah, there's yeah. there's where you there's buy market for everything. Yeah, there's where, there's where you, you buy, buy your pipes and, and the sunglasses. Though yeah, yeah, they'll all be beside each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there uh, is even one for people, the job market, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how is it? Uh, how is it for you working uh, with Chinese staff? I mean, it's you've great. been here for twelve years, but have there been eighteen? Eighteen, yeah. 18 sorry, yeah. yes. Have there been any challenges? Uh, is it is it getting easier with time? Or no, I think the reason for international management is really to to bring an international way of operations to places like Dongguan, where may 
in in the past we want to we're we're an international company so we want to introduce international standards which is great for the staff i think they they learn and they feel like they're part of a bigger organization than mm-hmm. rather just a chinese factory so we evolved and we share our co- corporate culture with them but you you mentioned earlier that you hired uh, one of my co-nationals yeah. uh, to join your company yeah, yeah. what what does he offer that a chinese person doesn't um okay well if you look at our products on the table a lot of the people who are working with us will not have grown up with these products mm. they don't they're not part of their lives they're not part of their um, their youth whereby living in the west or especially in latin america where gumballs are a given part of your heritage so from that point of view to answer your question um he's grown up with the product he's he's as uh, he's from a marketing background he's from a product development background so from that way i bring him in to kind of professionalize and and to standardize our communication and our um our steps of developing products i see that okay. makes sense yeah. yeah the experience of uh growing up if you're doing marketing yeah. sure you need to understand the product yeah. understand the emotional connection to exactly it and everything yeah. yes yeah um i what is the next wave in terms of technology i mean because you mm. guys probably invest a lot of money in equipment and yep. machinery yep. um is there anything coming in the future that well, is going to change the industry or it's something that's been working the same for centuries it's a consumption trends i think because gumball and the gum industry is really it's it's kind of peaked and the growth the year on year growth are getting smaller and smaller so now we're looking at using our technology to produce um different items so we're looking at the chew industry so i was in cologne in january this year and we had a lot of meetings with our um um customers at a ism which is an annual food fair that takes place for the last 50 years and i noticed the trends from our conversations were chewier fruitier and juicier mm. so this is what we're looking at using our technology to 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 apply to the chew industry so I, like I, like so like what kind of product that i know what um, do you mean like if you look up uh, we have outside on the table i can show you using so it, it would using our technology it would not jelly. be a gumball right. it would be really we wouldn't be using candy, gum like jelly beans yeah. and and okay all right yeah, so a chew Okay. So you can finish it like in the markets you see. So you 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 looking to make more of it. We that. have we've uh, we've uh, right. introduced this year already. Okay. So yeah, and obviously the technology that we're looking for is something to produce higher quality, bigger amounts and um faster. I see. Um what do we take a, a short break, right? Mm-hmm. And we come back to talk more about candy mm-hmm. in China. All right, and we're back with yep. Carl talking about candy. Um Carl, I wanted to um ask you about the process of making candy. I mean, mm. what are the different steps uh, okay. from the raw material to well, the final product? Yeah, well, looking at gum, we have we break it down really into four processes. So you the sugar arrives and we we mix it in with the gum base mm-hmm. and um so that we call it the mixing stage and then we form the gum ball. So that's when we make the nice round shapes. And then the most exciting one is the panning or the coating where we make the different colors, the different um flavors and the finish. So give the nice shiny finish also you can see we do some speckling on the balls so oh. so uh, yeah this is really it's an art. Mm-hmm. So the the first two are more standardized production whereby it's really um it's really automated but then I saw the one with the faces the, the smiley faces that's yeah. that's a challenge yeah. these, well these are um, obviously this is one of the the rooms that we like to keep private and we don't show guests is our printing oh. technology there's no like no, no, no but it's, it's it's obvious that we do it right <laughs> but uh, how we do it is is is, is a secret. secret but okay. yeah it's 
well, yeah, we we really um, work hard on our putting more, the more colors, the more um, shapes. Detail. Yeah, it's 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 an art really. So the first two are very automated, standardized, and then the panning is the exciting one. That's when it's more complicated. That's when you think Willy Wonka. That's when that's when it happens. <laughs> right. And then the fourth is obviously packing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 nice. We can have a walk through the factory and all the designs of the packings they are done abroad. Yeah, we well, we're trying to introduce try to. The, the, the simpler and the, the back of the pack really is done here, where okay. it's, uh, it's the artwork. Work with some the, companies here. The, yeah. Well, we have our own design team. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, the the front we have a designer we've worked for for many years. Okay. How many foreigners work here? In China. Yeah. At the moment, well, as of last week, just me. But then the guy who started on August the first is. Uh, oh, okay. Helping us, he's a marketing coordinator from Colombia. Do you communicate cool. with your staff in Chinese? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. We have some. In, that's one thing I've noticed about Dongguan and Guangdong. The level of English of people here from the Chinese people is a lot higher than yeah. cities I've lived in before, which is great. But yeah, generally Chinese in production. So let's talk a little bit about those cities that you've lived in before. Yeah, how, um, how you came so to China? I mean, yeah, 18 years why, ago. Why China? Why That's the question I always how ask people. How did you end up here? Warrant, warrant. <laughs> 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 yes, no, some people. This is, this is not going like uh, <laughs> No, yeah. I graduated in, from university. I studied marketing management in Dublin. And I graduated in 2002. I watched the World Cup on TV in Ireland in 2002 in it was in Italy in, I was in Japan and Korea and as soon as that finished I left and uh, that was yeah 18 years ago on the 21st of August <laughs> so I This um, month, yeah. I was looking at things to do in Ireland and um, I, I applied for a job in a radio station in Ghana because uh, I wanted to leave Ireland Ireland's very small uh -huh. yeah so you to go out uh, to the yeah, world to the world and then Through a connection from my university, I found they had a partnership with a university in Harbin in the north of China. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, uh, they, they wanted to promote their university in Dublin to, to China. So I went over like a, uh, for a year. And um, I went over in August to Harbin. I arrived. Yeah, nice weather. The first, my first experience was, <laughs> oh, have some water. I was, yeah, great. It was 30 degrees. I took some water. Was the, the water was about 60 degrees. I spat yeah. it out. Uh, <laughs> because you don't know it's interesting somebody gives you a cup of water thanks you were in Harbin one of my first places yeah. I work was also Harbin yeah, right. but I'm coming from Colombia yeah. so I'm wearing everything I own yeah yeah true uh -huh. so <laughs> you bring a scissors <laughs> so then when it gets warmer you just cut a layer yeah but nobody I didn't do my research because I didn't care where I was going I was young I was 21 and pff, let's go and then it was like October Ooh, a little bit chilly November what the hell what's going on <laughs> right 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 you know your, your moisture in your nose your eyes that's, it's minus 35 And so you worked at the university? Yeah, I was trying to traveling around the north of China promoting um, my university to other universities. How, so to what? To, to, for them to connect? Once they graduate, or they could go to a year, there are high schools, once you graduate, you can go to Ireland mm. to study. How expensive is it for, for, because Harbin, I mean, I don't know how developed or how wealthy the people in Harbin are. But you're not talking the mass, you're talking a few people. If mm -hmm. you can get 10 people or something, then... That's a success. Yeah, but like at that time there was... Harbin in north of China, there's a lot of oil as well. So okay. places like Changchun, Daqing, there's a lot of oil there. So you have people who are wealthy from very enough wealthy families. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you came, you came from Ireland to Harbin, mm. and you know that was the beginning of, of your life outside of Ireland, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah. Did you have to start changing your accent? Um, you're very clear, right? For clear, nice yeah. Guy, it's it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of neutral. Uh, my accent's been neutralized, and, and I've perfected in, pigeon, in the last pigeon years. English. Yes, uh, in the last 18 years. But if I go home, it speeds up. 
And it um, speeds up. Speeds, uh, yeah, well, like if was, it came out nice. Speeds up. <laughs> um, yeah, if you say the word bus, how do you say it? Bus. Yeah, I said bus. Bus. Yeah, yeah so it's just, just different yeah. things like that. I had some experiences with Irish people in uh, in India, and oh, yeah. I, I, obviously Irish people in India. Yeah, it's very, yeah, <laughs> very, very difficult. Yeah, but uh, so so you came to Harbin and you, and you were there what for a year or yeah, about a year, about and a then year. I I wanted to get back into some more corporate. Um, working environment so I moved to Beijing and I worked in freight forwarding for a year with a Taiwanese company and then I got into um, back into an Irish company so it was a semi-state government company the Irish Dairy Board so okay. my job was um, Asian business development manager for the Irish Dairy Board for five years so I um, worked with the brand Kerry Gold that mm -hmm. we got um, registered and listed all over China and Singapore and Hong Kong. So you, you traveled all over China yep. at the time? And Asia as well? Um, Singapore, Singapore and Hong Kong. Mm. So you're promoting the uh, brand promoting the brand yeah. in China, creating more opportunities? Yeah, so it's, it was a food product similar to what we're doing now in, in, in different markets around the world. So from then I was importing. And so I was having talks with the buyers in Carrefour, Metro. Also, we looked at the food service industry. So um, bakery chefs, um, hotel chefs, something where we want to use our bulk items for butter and cheese. So I, yeah, and it was a really exciting job for a long time. Did you, did you, how was your localization? Like, was it mm. quick for you? You you were in Harbin for a year, then Beijing and, mm. um, Mm. How was your localization of language and, you know, yeah. basically when culture? You, yeah, culture. Yeah. When you arrive in Harbin by myself, you really get immersed uh, in the culture because if, if you're a Westerner in Harbin, they presume you're Russian. So mm. people are saying, mm. like, how to show, which means good, but they think it means hello. Not me, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. You're a, it could be. And they call you La Malza or da, <laughs> Dabidza. And you're like, <laughs> and you think that means, you go home, you think, oh, I think Dabidza means hello. Because everybody <laughs> says it. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, maybe, maybe. And, um, but yeah, you... you Did you pick it up quickly? You made a lot of Chinese friends who mm. don't speak English, and I think that's the best way just to submerge mm. in the culture. And right. just, you take a piece of pen, a uh, piece of paper and a pen, and you, what did you say? And then you don't learn the tones or the, right. the, the characters. You just learn how to say it, right? Right. You copy them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you, you, you use sentences. And then every, obviously everyone uses the best teachers in the world who are taxi drivers. Listen. And the cost of a four-kilometer taxi journey is seven kwai. And you go, where do you want to go? Just, just, I just want to go four kilometers anywhere. And I'm going to practice. <laughs> but then you go to Beijing and it's a, it's a bigger city, right? So Be Beijing, yeah. It's, it's a bit more English. You kind of stepped into, like, you become interna internationalized. You see, you go to Beijing and you see like is that a greek restaurant right <laughs> is right. that a foreigner driving a car you're right. like wow what is this China? that's why i started a dd business sorry yeah. just taking my man i want to people to practice their english with me yeah yeah <laughs> i just found out about this service because i go i drive from dongchen to champing every day an hour right. and there's this service what is it called daddy yeah daddy yeah, yeah dida dida so people can dida. get in your car yeah, so I'm thinking of doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I think you probably can't, but yeah, because of an ID or something. But yeah, I just did it. It's, yeah. a, it's a good hey, service. You, you were talking about dairy, and uh, I don't know if it's a stereotype or mm. if you had to deal with that mm. when you started working in it with dairy. Mm. But a lot of people say that Chinese are, are lactose intolerant. Lactose intolerant, yeah. Mm. I think it's, yeah, this is obviously an issue or, or a myth that uh, I had to uh. deal with. Um, but again, it's just because it's not in their, it wasn't in their normal diet. But now if you see, like, one of the most popular restaurants for young people in China is Pizza Hut, yeah. whereas cheese is the main component of the of the of the mm. diet. So, I think it's something that's maybe in the past caused reactions in the stomachs where 
by they're not used to lactose or, or dairy products, but it, now it's it's kind of mm-hmm. ironing out. And mm-hmm. if you go to any care for, they have a big dairy section, mm-hmm. and milk is on the shelf. But there's still not as. This uh, You want some? Yeah, yeah go for it. Go for it. But still not as much as uh, uh, you know used for like. You'd have a four cheese pizza. I think for Chinese, it might be too much. Yeah, but again, like even a one percent growth on years is massive. Oh yeah, it's massive market, yeah. right? And so also, they, they they had some scares in anything. They had some domestic scares with them, melatine in the milk powder. So oh yeah. domestically, so mm. Sanlu and right, right. Sanyuan. And, and they don't actually. I don't know if it started back then when he did the the, the dairy board, the Irish mm. one, mm. but. Uh, all of these cares, they made them really. They don't trust their own brands. Yeah, sure. So the Chinese ones. This like Ireland is one of our biggest exports is our agriculture. We we export eighty percent of what we make because the country is so small. Right. So if you look at countries in Europe, Holland, Ireland, um, will be famous for the dairy, and then obviously New Zealand and Australia. So mm-hmm. I'd say any any you have kids here. So if you weren't using milk powder, I guess you're not using domestically produced milk powder. It's coming mm. from these country. Can, so I, can I can I actually buy Irish milk now here in milk, milk powder? Yeah, well you can butter. buy milk powder. milk powder. Yeah, it's. Mm. Um, I use I use uh, Irish butter. Yeah, Kerrygold. Mm. Mm. That's the yeah. that's the butter that I was talking about. That I um, I registered this and I spent five years getting it distributed. So this the, you had a big growth during those five years. When yeah, you, massive. Yeah, the company. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was uh, it was one of the biggest growth markets for um, during my time there. And you I were in Beijing for five years. I was in Beijing for nearly ten years. Ten years. Mm. So okay. what came after? After after I am, um, I'm, I'm I'm just sorry. I'm just I'm curious. You were in Beijing in the, during the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. How T- was that? Today is actually the eighth of um, eight, August. Eight. Yeah. Which, which was the ceremony. Twelve, 12 eight, years eight. ago. Twelve years ago, I was sitting on the roof of my apartment building, which was about five kilometers from the bird's nest, and I could okay. watch all the um, the, the fireworks. Firework. Wow. wow. Yeah. Did you watch any games? I was at the um, the boxing. Um, because that's one of the only events that Irish people can compete in, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, horse racing. So actually, uh, I went to um, I went to the boxing event and I went to the final, uh, Argentina versus Nigeria for the soccer. How was the time doing? Because there was a lot of, I mean, if I remember correctly, like they were cleaning the city yeah, before yeah. and the smog and everything. Yeah. How, how was the that time? It was because a special be, time in Beijing. I before think. before the cleanup, it was great. Beijing was great. It was like uh, the, the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> People were driving motorbikes with sidecars. You were driving anything you wanted. There's no licenses and bars were everywhere. I went to the Paralympics, which mm. is just right after that. Right. I remember they brought all. That's when they started bringing all those um, uh, English-looking taxis. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's when they brought on the black ones that actually mm. open like right, Rolls Royces right. and whatnot. Mm. Right. We, before that, we used to have the Chalet, the Chalet car, which was Equiar, one one point two RMB uh, kilometer. It's great. Mm. And you could, if you gave the driver ten RMB, you could drive it. <laughs> <laughs> so that changed a lot. The city, that changed yeah, the city yeah. a lot. Yeah, it cleaned it up. Wow, it's terrible. But it wasn't <laughs> enough. It wasn't enough to clean the uh, the air. They did the air. We they launched the rockets into right, the air. Right, so that right was very temporary. It. Yeah, it was temporary because then obviously things came back. But they stopped industry production. Even now, you can notice the Dongguan air is a lot cleaner because export business is dying, so factories are closing. Dongguan air is so much better. I mean, it's amazing now. Yeah, yeah. but that's industrial related. Yeah, but also rules, not just closing factories, but yeah. some factory closing because of rules, because yeah. they can be up to the standards. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about the last few years, not mm. just now, not mm. the, the situation But it's, it's also part of the vision. I mean, they're, they're trying to go from labor intensive into mm. more low-tech, uh, knowledge high-tech. intensive. Yeah, yeah exactly. So those are 
far yeah, less for polluting. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, so, so you were in Beijing for 10 years. Yeah, after I... Um, after I um, while I was working with the dairy industry, uh, the dairy board, I, um, a few guys, an Irish guys, um, realized that the Olympics was coming up and they started an Irish bar, uh, Paddy O'Shea's, and I watched it grow and they got it open for a few months and then I said, okay, I want in because one of the shareholders was leaving to Thailand and I said, okay, I'll take your share. In Beijing? In Beijing, mm-hmm. I'll take an your Irish share. There must be a lot, how many Irish bars are in Beijing? Uh, they open and they close. Right, um, right. So he left and uh, I took over, I took his share on one condition that I could be the, um, the managing partner. So I took over the management of the business um, for Paddy O'Shea's Irish Bar in 2007, the end of 2007, or no, the end of, t- in 2008. And um, then um, I did that for about five years, four years. So we, we set up a company, a Hong Kong company called Irish Business Entertainment Asia. And um, the idea was to open more and more franchises of Paddy O'Shea's around Northern China. So we opened three more in Beijing and we looked at spots in Tianjin and also in Chengdu. Oh wow! It still exists. It still exists. I sold it in 2013 to a French guy, actually, uh, and it's still opening. It's um, it was hit hard by COVID. Obviously, obviously, yeah. everything in Beijing did. But yeah, yeah Paddy O'Shea's. It's in Dongzhuan. If you're ever in, um, so just the uh, Beijing and Tianjin. That's it. We never opened in Tianjin in the ah, end. Just um, Beijing. Beijing. We opened. We at one stage we had four bars. Right. So, um, Usually, did, 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 you, so did you brew to your own or no? It's all. It's a. It's a. It's an Irish bar. I think Irish bar. So Irish pubs don't. Really our focus okay. was on sports, um, so it was really and just beer on tap. Beer and on Saint tap. St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day. Huge, yeah, right? And okay. live music. So <laughs> it was. This is the, the dream of every person in a in, in a, Ireland. Exactly. <laughs> every right. Irish boy. You have an Irish bar and in a as an expat in the embassy district. So it was a good few years, but in the end, I didn't own the bar. The bar owned me. Mm, so um, right. it's not it's, a life that's very consuming like I, you see guys who do it here and they go oh well you did it before do you want to do it again no no, yeah. no I'm, oh, I'm much happier on this side of the bar now yes, <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah. something I've done I, I don't regret it but I'm not interested to do it again mm. yeah so, um, so so you did that in Beijing so you mm. actually stopped uh, uh, your yeah, day job the corporate corporate lifestyle to get into it mm. and then yeah I got from there I am um, I got really focused into hospitality management, people management, team management. And then my next trip was, um, I got linked to, in Beijing, there's a, there's a place called the Capital Club, which is a membership club, which is a part of a, a network owned by Club Corp, which is a Texas company that own and manage um, um, clubs and golf clubs all around the world. Mm. So they have, I think, about 200 golf clubs and about 200 extra business clubs. So I got connected with them, and they sent me to Hefei in Anhui Province. How do you? How do you? Sorry, so just mm. how, how do you? Uh, how do you find? I find it's the opportunities right mm. in China. Yeah, it's not like you're looking for a job now. Usually, it's not like that, right? It no. finds you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because Beijing, if you're in an industry, it's back in those days. Like print media was. This was kind of before WeChat and yes, before, yes. Um, so it so was websites and website forums mag- and magazines. Yeah, yeah. This was. Um, that's, that's Beijing. And, and then yeah. the, the bar, Paddy O'Shea's itself, is like, it's like a hub for expats to come sure. together. So right. I know people in all sorts of industries doing, over here the guys in oil, over here the embassy guys, over here the guys in mm. journalists, and you'd know, I'd know everybody. In Beijing, there yeah. are those guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So, so you get opportunities. Yeah, exactly. People come and you talk and they understand that 
what you're doing now is something that you do for short term and if you have other ideas you talk right and you get connected it's not what you know it's who you know mm. which right. is, um, so, so you got an offer somewhere you saw some good yeah. opportunity and then they sent me to Dallas in, in Texas for training for a few weeks and then I came back with the corporate culture and installed them so this is a luxurious uh, clientele yeah. Yeah. kind of yeah so in Hefe the project was in a crown plaza so it was at the top seven floors of a crown plaza and um, I was um, appointed as GM there I did one year of pre-opening so hiring and setting up the standards and SOPs introducing them and then a year of operations this is a Chinese clientele totally yeah, yeah totally no, in no Hefe is um, you'd be lucky to see some foreigners um, But Hefei then is in Anhui, you Anhui, said, yeah. Anhui province. Um, yeah, but now Hefei, this was in 2013. So the Hefei today, 2020, and, and seven years ago, was completely different. Now it's moved a lot quicker. What's the industry there? What's um, they do a lot of um, automotive, so car industries. Okay. And also their, their university is quite famous for science and tech. So you have a lot of uh, international students studying there. Okay, mm. and and uh, you were there for for you did this for two years. You two did years, that, yeah. Two years. I got then I got in from management. I got into factory management, so to uh, to apply my my management skill set into a factory. So this was a Dutch company who I again met in a community, a small community. In, so in again, Hoffa. an opportunity. Yeah. It, it's not like I'm looking uh, for a job, you know. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually moved to Shenzhen for a month in 2015, and then I went back after I got the offer with okay. the Dutch company. Okay. So I went back and did um, two, two and a half years um, uh, operations management for a Chinese factory producing textiles. And um, yeah, it was really similar to what I'm doing here, but um, different product and different processes. Well, you, you, you've talked about a lot of changes and everything, and, yeah. and you don't need to go into it if you don't want to, but mm. um, family-wise, how, yeah. how, when did you marry? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I met how do you guys move around? Yeah, we move around. Yes, that, that's... Um, If you look at my CV, it's quite diverse, and yeah, it's it's like a what the what's, what's going on? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> what's this guy about? Yeah. Actually, who's he, who's, he, who's he hiding for? Uh, from but no, yeah, I met her, I met Nasty in in nearly in the first six months of arriving in China in Harbin. Mm -hmm. She's one of the Lamauds, and she's a Russian. And she was working in a restaurant there, and we met. And obviously, the start of the relationship, her English wasn't great, my Russian was non-existent, and then it grows mm -hmm. and. As both young people, and then. But she spoke Chinese, or no? We we started. Figured out. Yeah, right? we figured it out. You know, uh. and um, yeah, once you're once you're like a, an expat in in um, in China, unless you're speaking Chinese, English is the is a go to language. Mm. Luckily for me, <laughs> usually the the foreign come to China meet uh, a girl that becomes his wife. Uh, mm. Usually, is Chinese guy. Yeah, I know. That's um, that was strange. It wasn't me. It yeah. wasn't for me. I think um, we met and I break the average. Yeah, you break. Well, uh, we are different. I think. I yeah, met exactly. my wife Also in <laughs> China, which she's American. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah, we moved around. Um, during the early days, she was doing modeling, so she was doing a lot of traveling and. Um, Now, she, then in Beijing, she was working with the Beijing Family United Hospital. Mm. So she got a job in admin there, um, working in the Russian department. So kind of doing translation. She likes, she likes the life you have in China? Yeah, well, also? obviously, we, we have a house in Thailand, um, which she really likes. <laughs> um, but obviously, this year, she can't go there. Uh, no, I can't, we can't go there. Whereabouts? In Rayong. Okay. Rayong, so it's about a two-hour set drive from Bangkok. We like to spend some time there. And um, yeah, but she, I think initially, 
you would like to live if you spend so long in one place you want to move the grass is always greener but we've spent in the last few years some time traveling in europe and i think europe is really small when you look at it and the opportunities are quite limited and your life becomes very very standardized very quick but so like uh, as, a f- yeah. exactly. as a foreign foreign wife i mean you have a, a career yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know if she has a career. She had a career in Beijing. So when I moved out of Beijing, it was kind of hard for her to accept it because she had a great job in the international hospital. Okay. And um, that was kind of a move that, but again, after 10 years in Beijing, we were ready for a move. Beijing is a great city, but the changes and the, the pollution made it kind of hard to live and easier to leave. So a new adventure. And then the idea right. was we'd do a few years there and then we'd look at moving back to Europe. But then opportunities kept knocking, and we kept opening the door and taking the opportunity. Right, so right, we stayed. Right. And um, so, yeah. in, so, so then in Hefe, right? Yep. You were in Hefe. You can You went back to that job in manufacturing, right? Yep. yep. And you, you told me before something about football. Football, yeah. yeah during during that's, the that's that's interesting. football. Because yeah, in in Beijing we had the Beijing Celtics, which was a great social club and we played twice a week and 11 asides and seven asides five asides and when i got to hefe there was nothing <laughs> so it was nothing and you know i don't know if you go and play football with the local people it's completely different yeah tackling is not allowed they play 25 people against 25 on an 11 side pitch and <laughs> people are wearing different color jerseys and it's kind of weird yeah 50 percent of people have glasses on and it's people are breaking their glasses dropping their glasses and uh it's uh, it's kind of, it's not so it's not so uh, organized. So for me, I saw this as a grassroots up opportunity. And in my <laughs> compound, there was a, a five-a-side pitch which was always unused, and it was a nice pitch. So I decided to rent it for a year. I said, the guy goes, "You want to rent it for an hour?" I said, "No, I want to rent it for a year." What? Yeah. So <laughs> basically, I said, "Let me let me take over the rent plus a percentage." So he doesn't have to worry about it for a year because it was oh. always empty. He wasn't making he was losing money. Mm-hmm. So I said, "I'll take over the rent." And then I started having finding the the African students who were studying in uh, in the universities and to teach. Yeah, no, no, to to play with. To play first. And to create a bit mm-hmm. of an atmosphere because you find you know in these uh, third tier cities in in China you can find African students or students from different con- countries in the world who've been mm-hmm. there like for like 15 years <laughs> with no visas. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it happens, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, less now, I don't yeah, know. But, yeah, yeah, but I guess. And these guys were coming out of the woodwork, and we had suddenly we had an atmosphere of a foreign pitch uh, where people would come and we'd play against Chinese teams. And then from there on, I started, um, I put an advertisement out, okay, let's um, do some coaching. And on the first day, I remember it was April, getting into um, the rainy season, and we had about four kids come. And I started a, an academy called Hefei Kickers. And um, before I left, I think in 2017, I had about close to 100 kids coming every week. And wow. we had our own team developed behind our academy, our training. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was that? That was, uh, would have been in 2015, or 2014, I think I started until up until 2017. Because China is promoting more... Uh, yeah, this uh, was in, in yeah. Xi, Xi Jinping came out and said right. football needs to be part of the curriculum right. in each school. And I think this was perfect timing, so... Yeah. When they said, um, yeah, it was, and it was fun. It was something I really uh, enjoyed because so I worked six days in the factory. And, uh, and, and then, then you did that in the On weekend. a Sunday, yeah. I, right. inter- interesting that you mentioned Xi Jinping because when mm. we did uh, Jim uh, with the baseball, um, right. he, he said that Xi Jinping also wanted baseball to be at the forefront of, mm. of um, Chinese sports yeah. and schools yeah. and whatnot. I mm. think uh, football and basketball is two sports that are already uh, exist uh, mm. and Chinese people like, but mm. I think they just, Xi Jinping wanted 
the, mm. the to be better, right? Like yeah. we have so many people, yeah. and I think it's more promoted. Yeah. How, do you, how do you? How uh, do you? We also talked to to Andy, right, about his football right. school. How do you market a football school? I mean, how do you sell it? What how do you price it? What do you offer you in exchange? As teaching English, you price. English yeah, classes, I mean, right? I, I know how to sell English courses, right? Mm -hmm. But how would I go about selling a? F yeah, I think, well, what I did there was um, was English uh, football through English. So again, it was <laughs> like it should do something like that. <laughs> again, but again, it's, it depends on the city because when I come here to Dongwe and I see things are done already, and like I mentioned to Silver earlier on, it, the further inland, the third tier cities, there's like some cities are. 10 years behind where we are now, 15 years. So in Hefei at the time, there wasn't anybody doing it. So I could just say, okay, uh, football lessons through English. So kids would come and they'd be wearing jeans and like they'd Flip never blocks. have played football before. And the reason they were there wasn't to play football, was to speak English and have a little bit of exercise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a different business model that I think if you wanted to really become a professional footballer, you wouldn't be at my academy. You'd be okay. in an academy which had different stages of training so mine were one hour classes you're never going to become the next uh, Maradona uh -huh. from more, one hour at Jose <laughs> so, Kickers so you're saying the more the more you go into those areas <coughs> inland places that uh, mm. less traveled or yeah. less yeah. the more opportunity yeah. you will have yeah because if you see new people arriving in China <coughs> to maybe to teach English or to experience China and they arrive in Shenzhen or Dongguan or Beijing or Shanghai it's not like China yeah so you may as well be in It's not, you're not gonna. You're gonna go home after a year and go. Yeah, it was okay. Did you learn any Chinese? Shishi. You're gonna go down to your local Chinese <laughs> takeaway and go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's interesting. It, right? That's one of the reasons why I chose Dongguan 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. I've been here for 20 oh, years. Wow, can, it, it's like it was like. I don't want to be in Guangzhou. Yeah. I don't want to be in Shanghai. Mm. I want to be in a place where I could actually. Mm. The there's nothing where mm. I could actually set a mark and yeah. and. Yeah. Yeah, I think it Do would have been harder myself. to yeah. start our businesses um, today. Today, yes, yeah, yeah. In, in this place. Uh, maybe in there are still some places, I guess, yeah, yeah. that are more. Yeah, you can, if you ever get a train in China, like a fast train, you stop at a place. I've yeah. never heard of that. Yeah. Let's I'm get, here. Let's get out. Let's get out and start teaching. Yeah, let's English. start something here. Start an Irish Irish bar. Open, open. Paddy O'Shea's Chow Joe. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, why don't we take a very short break and yep. we continue talking to you about your life in China? Okay. And we are back with Carl Long. And Carl, we were just talking about uh, we we're just talking about Hefei, right? Football and, and everything. And yes. there's so many things in your uh, time in China. We didn't yeah. even get to the end of it yet. No. Yeah. Um, it's it's what, what kind of advice would you give uh, uh, someone coming now and maybe he doesn't see it, but maybe the person will stay here for as long as you or me or Fernando. What? Yeah. Well, for success here. Success. Well, It's, it's hard to um, make a five-year plan in China because right. things change so quick, right? Like, I've been leaving every year for the last 16 years, but I never... <laughs> yeah. like, like, if you talk to me, I'll be gone. I'll be gone next year. But yeah. like I said earlier, me and you, we'll be sitting here in 20 right. years going... Poof. No, no teeth. <laughs> yeah. Less no hair, hair on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have hair. <laughs> in other places. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, another conversation. Um, but yeah, advice to people. Listen... No, no. Coming from Ireland, uh, where every day can be the same, I think in China, no two days are the same, right? Right. Depending on what, how you, what kind of environment you work in. I know for the bigger corporate cultures, day to day life can be similar, right? You do your job and you finish. But here, 
like I drive here for one hour every day. I can see some crazy stuff on the roads every day. Right, and right. Um, How do you copy that? For example, the driving. Like I, success, I think being adaptable is is a lot to do yeah. with succeeding in China, right? Mm. And one of these like things like even driving here, some people just mm. see this and they can deal with this over time. Yeah, you just go It home and you play you. GTA. <laughs> <laughs> just relax, unwind. But really, it's just a matter of not having. You have to like broaden your horizons and don't have expectations that cannot be fulfilled but again it's, it's it's so many opportunities here so you see you see the good and the bad and, and you measure that in a yeah, way yeah, right like, yeah. like um, you, I think you need to stay calm as well because if you if you don't stay, I can I see people who come here and they complain they, complain they oh. come here with and go I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna go into that organization I'm gonna change it they're gonna have the international mindset in a year and everything's gonna be good the guys are gone in six months right because uh, they, they need to they need to understand the culture here and they need to work with it and then to explain to people how and why why they're why we want to improve things are irish people in a way similar like they are adaptable kind of people or are um i don't think i can speak for the the whole country but in general people who there's so many i think there's something like 90 million passports from the irish uh from irish national uh Ir Okay, again, 90 million Irish passports around the world and only 5 million people in the country. So wow. we're traditionally... Out there. Traditionally, um, the best export from Ireland is, is people. Right. Um, that could be from a reason whereby you get itchy feet if you stay in Ireland, but I think we like to travel traditionally the same. Like Dutch people are traders. You find them everywhere. Right. Uh, the so same like Israelis on tour. They usually... Yeah. Yeah, we, we, you know, like I said, we are very adaptable. I think mm. uh, maybe maybe growing up in a reality, and I think for you too, mm. um, like growing up, uh, I think Americans will be the other side of the spectrum, right? Mm. They're too, they've been too comfortable. They're yeah. not very easy to get used to other I things. I was in I was in Harbin for SARS, and I remember there was like a notification issued by the American embassy for all American citizens to leave if they could to get yeah. out. And like yeah. Irish people, are like. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Two R&B a beer. I'm staying. Yeah. Are you going to keep that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, you, are you eating that? <laughs> how, about, how about the Irish community in China? How many are there? Uh, in, um, in, in, when I lived in Beijing, every year we had an Irish ball and we sold seven or 800 tickets and we would invite somebody from, we wouldn't, they would come um, from, the, from the ministry in Ireland, from the government, they would come, send a minister over and the ambassador would be there. I did the MC a couple of times. Sponsored by Guinness? Sponsored by everyone. Sponsored by Guinness, sponsored by Kerrygold, sponsored by um, the Irish Network China. Mm. And then you get like a big Irish. You guys have a consulate in South China too? Uh, in Shanghai. Just Shanghai. 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 We have the embassy in Beijing. In and Shanghai. Yeah. No Guangzhou. Nothing. Guangzhou, I'm not sure. No, I think they, they process visas there now, but only in Hong Shanghai. Kong, I'm sure you do. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, but in Dongguan now, we have a, a huge community of four people. Four people. <laughs> yeah. Four people that you know of. Yeah, and we don't like each other. No, no, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do, yeah. Four, four I'd like to, the, three, I'd like to three. be the Colombian that you four hired because five we're million. probably yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the, what you, did you say before, not the paddy plastics? Or, or the plastic paddies, no. Plastic uh, paddies. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm, you can go to... Uh, the Murray's Irish Bar on um, the 17th and you see everybody kiss me I'm Irish where are you from um, right um, German. but that, that's another thing that's, that's become that's, I think that's the most famous Irish thing in the uh, world is uh, St. Patrick's Day yeah um, yeah I think everything <laughs> popular or famous about Ireland is related to alcohol <laughs> <laughs> so it all amasses on one day and um, yeah but I think Irish abroad generally we get close together and um, 
again, once you come to China or go anywhere first, if you're an Irish person, the last place you want to go is an Irish bar. But right. the in, after a few months, they you all end come back. Yeah, yeah. You all come like, back. We always like to ask our guests uh, yeah. different nationalities. So you're Irish, and like when when someone asks you where you're from, Chinese person, mm. what, what's the stereotype? What do they know about Ireland? They go, oh, Ireland, all oh, you all you wear skirts, and I go, no, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, oh, Ireland, I love the movie Braveheart. Yeah, Scotland. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then somebody will say maybe Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor now, right? Or Robbie Keane or Roy Keane football mm. or um, music. Depends on culturally or where right, they are, the, right. the harp. So there is no one thing, it's not very simple for Chinese oh, Milk people. powder. Yeah. <laughs> milk powder. So you did a good job. Thanks that. to you, though. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, so it's, um, they'll right, ask you to bring back some milk powder, do some daigo. So, so then you, 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 we were talking about Hefe and the football, and then you went, I think you told us you went to, through, through Hangzhou just yeah, for a few months, Hangzhou. which is a beautiful city. Yeah, it's a great yeah. Hangzhou, city. I think, was one of them. If you have a lot of money or, and you want a good life, Hangzhou is really nice. Ne- really relaxed. The people are calm. Right. The, the, the surroundings are and beautiful. The West Lake but it's beautiful. expensive? Or? Yeah, it is expensive. It's the home of Jack Ma and Alibaba. Okay. So they right. don't use WeChat there. They use uh, Drifu Ball. Um, very, very old, very old city. Very, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's so, very it's nice, so fast. Yes. It's so yeah, ahead of you. Haven't you been? Huh? I've been to Hubei. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Um, Hangzhou. No, I mean, Hangzhou. Oh, sorry, Hanjo. Yeah, yeah, I went to Hanjo with the government yeah. uh, during the whole live com- because uh, the event was in Hanjo, oh, okay. 2006. Yeah, it's very technologically advanced. Right, um, right, right. And then you came down to the south. The mighty Dongguan, yes. I arrived and I stayed. I stayed. I, my first week was staying in Champing in the Huihua Hotel. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> that was after Champing was not... The yeah. same Chongping. Yeah, we came. We came. Heard about. We came a few years too late. Yes, yes. After that, <laughs> and then uh, and then you're here oh, for two years now. The people who are watching this don't know what you're talking about. We right. are laughing here. Well, the Dongguan. You're laughing. You, you were here. You, you tell. Search, <laughs> you I mean, tell if us you, if you search for Dongguan, right, on Google, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you may find some results related to the uh, the the, the, the adult industry, the sex yeah. industry. Yeah. Uh, mm. But in 2014, there mm. was uh, on, on Valentine's Day actually the bus crackdown. Down day and uh, Changping was known for that mm. having the train coming from Hong Kong directly. Mm. Yeah, so it was you a stop. Know, the, part, the party train. T- yeah, <laughs> kind of things were uh, uh, conveniently located there. Yeah. I would say, yeah. but it's changed. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go the hotel I stayed in, if you look at the elevator, the list of floors, like third floor is nightclub, party floor. You go there now and it's just empty. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> more. <laughs> um, no, like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's like kind of a ghost town. They're building it up. But yeah, I stayed there for a week. And then I had a, one of the Irish mafia <laughs> I know in uh, Dungchen. He told me to come down and have a look at Dungchen. Ah, so okay. I was considering living in Shenzhen and commuting or Dungchen. Right. And then Dungchen. Yeah, because. Prices? Prices and just the convenience after living in places, uh, the mixture of Beijing, which has everything, right. but it's quite a big city, right. Hefei, which really for expat didn't have anything. So when you found a mix of those two things, so the mix of expat and um, and Chinese all in one, you didn't have to get taxi. I've been in Dongchen for two years. I think I've got two taxis. Mm-hmm. How far is it from here, from the factory to Shenzhen? Shenzhen, also about an hour. You so it's the same. A little you bit could have chosen... A bit more traffic going to Shenzhen. So a bit more traffic, right? Yeah. And so you drive every day in the morning, one hour, and mm. going back home another hour. Yeah. Uh, mm. But still worth it living in a place where you have everything you want. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I tell my wife it takes two hours, and I go to uh, Liberty for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Right. 
Yeah, and and what 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 about the future? So you've been here for 18 years. Yep. I know you said already every year you, you you're going to leave. Yeah, but in in reality, what, in what reality, do you I've think? signed a five year contract here. Ah, okay. And um, in so reality, still have three more at least. Yeah, well, yeah. 2020 kind of put a dent in the in the works right with the COVID. Yes. So it's kind of a year off in the contract, I guess. But um, the idea is to build up the com company, expand operations, get mm -hmm. more growth in markets, mm -hmm. build up our uh, global sales, and get to a stage where the company becomes very attractive. So um, is, is China market one of those things exactly. that are very yeah, China important? Is, China's key. I think once we, we get our brand on the shelves in China, then we hope to get incremental growth that um, we can we can build on. Are you already planning like Chinese packaging? And sure, stuff like yeah. That? yeah. I, I was had a, a meeting in the last few weeks with our designers and, and regulation teams on what needs to be done on our packaging, nutritional agreements, what can and cannot be done. And looking at Tmall as a starter, looking at um, the wholesale channels, retail channels, hypermarket versus supermarket. So, are, so are, you, are you selling online like a lot around the world? Because no, I mean, even this no. year is more than usual. Yeah, some of our distribution partners, generally we work with one distribution you partner. You do B2B? Um, yeah, uh, mostly it's B2B. B2B and then right. and let them handle the B2C. Right, mm. right, interesting. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, look, we want to thank you very much for yes. all the yep. candy offers and for the time you've offered us. Yeah, the no, jelly beans are really pleasure. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I can Gourmet tell. Jelly yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gone, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Ziv's fourth packet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So, well, again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you no very problem. much for sharing Car all your pleasure. story. And, well, guys, that's thank it you. for today. You know how to do. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up and if you like the content of our channel then consider subscribing to it and if you do that make sure to hit the bell button to be notified whenever there's a new video out and don't forget to follow us on the social media yep. that you see here at the bottom and uh, well until we'll see you again thank you carl thank and you. Uh, this yeah. was of course china bye